But this morning in the passage of scripture that we're going to talk about is the most amazing birth announcement of all time in all of history. As these angels come to these shepherds on the side of this hill, uh, they're minding the sheep. They're in the, in, the, in the dark, in the middle of the night, the quiet of the night shift. And all of a sudden, everything changes. And we're going to look at that in Luke chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 8 and reading through verse 14. The scripture says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit to communicate it to our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way. May we be doers and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is the third week in our celebration of Advent, which is the coming of, the announcement of, the looking forward to, the birth of the Savior. And um, at the center of the coming of the Savior at Christmas is joy. Christmas is my favorite time of the year, right? Because it's it's festive. There's celebrations. There's a celebratory spirit feeling in the air. The lights, the way the city, the city doesn't do everything real well, but they seem to do the decorations for Christmas uh, pretty well. I love that. We have family um, giving, receiving, eating. It's, it's a magical time of the year. Of course, after, not too long after Christmas comes what? January, right? And the bills from what we did at Christmas uh, come back to work. And it's just cold winter at that point, um, unless, unless you know the joy that is Christmas, <clears throat> you know the joy that is the coming of the Savior, <clears throat> more than the temporary circumstances uh, and the vibe of the holidays is real joy at Christmas, <clears throat> excuse me. And so this morning, we're going to spend a few moments diving into this announcement by these angels and asking the Holy Spirit to help us understand what is behind this message? What is the angel really saying? <clears throat> and first of all, the message is, the announcement is good news, right? <clears throat> and the angel in verse 10, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. It's the best news. And I love the way the angel starts out. Thanks so much. <clears throat> I love the way the angel starts out by saying, fear not. Now, the temptation is to say, well, he's just saying, you know, these guys are kind of in a slumber. They're, on the, they're in the middle of work. He's, maybe he's just saying, maybe the angel is just saying, hey, hey, I didn't mean to startle you. You know, sorry. You know, But no, there's something deeper here. He's saying, fear not. The war is over. Peace has come. Joy has come. Between God and man, and peace has come. Between man and man, the possibility for peace. But actually, more than the possibility, the guarantee of peace with God. 
These lowly shepherds are there on the hillside. They're afraid because there's a supernatural light. There's a supernatural um, beings there. It's miraculous, right? These heavenly beings. But the, the angel said, have no fear. Not just right now, but the time for fear is past in the world. This war that's been going on, this battle between man and God is over. A new day is dawning. No longer will there be a wall of separation between man and our Creator. There was a time when humans dared not go into the presence of God, dared not go into the Holy of Holies. That was only for the priests, those who were clean. The angel is saying that fear, that time is over. Jesus was coming to make a way for all of us to have peace with God. Emmanuel, God with us. It's a message of hope and peace that we've talked about the last few weeks, but it's also a message of joy. We no longer have to be afraid. Listen, that was the message to the shepherds. That was a message to the Israelites. That was a message to the Samaritans. That's the message to you and I this morning. Fear not. I don't know if you've heard this story, but um, recently I read, and I'd heard this before, that um, Charles Schultz, who wrote um, the Peanuts story and uh, invented all that, uh, Charlie Brown and, and that whole cartoon, uh, he was a Christian, and they asked him to do a Christmas special. And so he wrote uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, and he brought it to the executives of the TV uh, TV producers and executives, and they said, well, we can't do this. Like That one part, it was all cool until that one part where Linus gets up and basically reads scripture, this account that we're reading this morning about Jesus coming, the Savior coming. They were like, they pushed back. And he stood his ground. He said, no, if we're going to do a story on Christmas, it's got to have this in it. The little Christmas tree and all that is fine, but at the center of it needs to be this story. This is the message. And something interesting that one commentator brought my attention to, if you watch that, and if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. It's great. And Linus gets up and reads the Christmas story, basically this account from Scripture of the angels proclaiming the Savior was to be born. And if you watch it closely, you'll see Linus get up. And you know Linus has that blanket that he wouldn't give to anybody, would not let go of it. It was a security blanket. As he begins to read that story, he says, Fear not. And he drops the blanket and he reads the rest of that story. What Schultz was saying was, there need not be any more security blankets. There need not be any more fear. Now, the, the interesting thing is Linus picks it up again later. That reminded me of, of Christians a lot of times. The fear is gone. The victory has been won. Jesus has paid the price. We need not fear. War is over. Remember that? That song we still sing today, the John Lennon, Yoko Ono song, War is Over, if you want it to be. See, what they were talking about is war can be over if you want it to be. If you'll try to make war over, if you'll just give it your best shot, if we'll all do that together, it will be over. But that's not true. We've proven that's not true. The war between God and man is over. That battle has been fought. That battle has been won, and that's what the angel was saying. Fear not, for I bring you good news. The war is over. That, that phrase he uses, the, the angel uses good news or good tidings. That's the word, that's the phrase gospel. That's what that means. This is news. This is not just 
an, an idea. This is not a plan. This is news. God has accomplished it. Jesus hadn't yet gone to the cross, but it was all in motion from the beginning of time through the prophets, through, through the law. God is orchestrating all of it. And he says, it's done. This is the good news. Jesus will pay for our sins on the cross. God has weaved that story throughout the history of man. The good news is, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior, that word deliverer. Deliverer from what? From the enmity that we talked about last week between us and God. The war that we've waged against God. The sin that's in all of our lives and all of our hearts. It began there in the garden. Created a war. Started a war with God. Isaiah 53.5. All we, uh, 53.6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the war. And the angel is saying, fear not. The war is over. We have gained shalom back that was lost, right, in the beginning. That same passage of Scripture in verse 5, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us shalom was upon Him, and by His wounds we are healed. The angel was given a victorious proclamation. No more, no more fear for you, shepherds. No more fear for... For the Israelites, no more fear for us here today. We need not fear. And God knew that we needed a reminder of that because as Christians, we forget the good news at times. The sinful condition of this world, the fallen part of this world is constantly attacking us and we are prone to wander. Even the Apostle Paul said, I'm chief of sinners, and what I want to do, I don't do. And there's this battle still going on. The war is won, but there's this battle in the flesh. And Jesus knew that we would forget the gospel, the good news, our standing before God because of what Jesus has done. That's why he said, do this in remembrance of me when he instituted the Lord's Supper. He wanted us to continually be reminded the war is won. That's what... Christmas is the initiation of, in our world, is the Savior, the Deliverer, has come. God has pursued us, and we need to be reminded of that. You need to be reminded of that, and I need to be reminded of that. On Christmas Eve, we have a lot of, we like to celebrate stuff and have fun with all the holidays. And Christmas, we do a lot of celebrating. But on Christmas Eve, before the kids go to bed, we sit around the tree, we pull down the nativity scene from where it's sitting by the front door, and everybody picks a character in the scene. I'm Mary. Okay, I'll be Joseph. I'm the shepherds. And I'll read from scripture the, the, the Christmas story, and then we put those pieces in place and build that nativity out because we want to be reminded at the core, at the, at the heart of what Christmas is, is God providing a deliverer, sending a savior to win the war that is waged between you and I and our creator. That's the good news. That is hope. That is peace. That is joy. It conquers our fear. This morning, I pray that you're not walking in fear. Fear of not measuring up. Fear of not being good enough. Fear of 
my sins catching up with me, fear of being a fraud, the fear of not being able to get it all right. Well, guess what? You can't. None of us can. But the good news is God did. God can. And he won the war through Christ by sending him at Christmas into our world. And the good news is of great joy. That's the second point here. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. I love the way scriptures at times when it just lays the points out for you. Good news of great joy. Listen, if you don't have great joy this morning, maybe it's not Jesus that you have. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's religion. Maybe, maybe you have received Christ. Maybe he is your savior, but you've placed him on the shelf as the, the difficulties and the pressures of life press in around us. The good news is for great joy. That word great in the original language is megas, where we get mega, exceedingly large. And joy means calm delight, fullness. When you put your faith in the good news, when you receive that and put your faith in it, the deliverer, the savior, you no longer have to be afraid. You no longer have to pursue your, your uh, righteousness or your identity on your own or in the world's approval or affirmation of you. Put your faith and hope in the good news of Christ and he will bring you peace. He will bring you hope and he will bring you mega joy. That's what he brings. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 through 3 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also, that's the good news. The good news is the war has been won. You and I have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, by faith. He says, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. That word rejoice means literally to boast. It's confidence. It is confident joy, not simply happiness. I read something this week, uh, one author said, happiness comes from what is happening around me, joy comes from what is happening within me. And listen, that's what Christmas is all about. God came, Emmanuel, God with us, to go to the cross, to pay for our sin, to reconcile us to our creator, and to bring peace within us, joy within us. And what the writer of Romans there is saying, we can rejoice and be confident in death, the glory of God, our hope in the glory of God. We know that our last heartbeat here is our first step into eternity to see our Savior face to face. And we can also have joy in this life, in our suffering. He says we also rejoice in suffering. Thomas Aquinas wrote, man cannot live without joy. Therefore, when he is deprived of true spiritual joy, it is necessary that he become addicted to carnal pleasures. It is necessary. What's he saying? He's saying that when we don't have real joy, which is a reconciled relationship with our creator, with God, then we pursue that 
that emptiness, that missing joy in the things of this world, in the carnal things of this world, in relationships and drugs and alcohol and partying, whatever it is, in family, good things. But it's not that relationship with Christ. It becomes an idol. We become addicted to it. He says it is necessary. That is going to happen. Many misunderstand this joy that the angel's talking about. We come into the Christmas season and so many people are depressed. So many people are hurting. And we think about joy to the world and these songs about joy. And say, listen, I don't have any money right now to have joy in this season. I don't, can't buy presents. I don't, and I don't have anybody to celebrate with. I don't really have parties to go to. And when I go, I feel like I'm alone anyway. I don't have... I don't have this and I don't have that. But this joy is born within. This joy is born in that reconciliation with God. That's why Jesus came. That's why we can't celebrate Christmas without looking towards Easter. We can't celebrate the arrival of the Savior without looking to what the Savior came to do. And that is reconcile us, you, with your Father, with your Heavenly Father. Do you have joy today? If I'm missing joy today, it may mean that I'm seeking it in the carnal things of the world. Because you think about it, we all struggle. Joy doesn't mean that we have a lack of difficulty in our life. That's not what it means. We're all attacked. We all live in a fallen world. But we have to press into that joy. We have to be reminded of that joy. These these struggles, the loneliness... The pain are real. And we all go through them. Have you heard about this, this thing called intrusive thoughts? I, I mean, I, for years I didn't know anything about that, but recently I've heard people talking about it. Intrusive thoughts. And I was like, I'm not really sure what that is. And then I started thinking about it. I go, well, there are times when I'm just out of nowhere. I have some ridiculous fears. <laughs> some thoughts that go through my head like what and then I can't shake them it's like a fog that comes in you're like whoa what's the matter with you I read something uh, this week and um, this it was entitled my intrusive thoughts one and it's a story of a woman who's been who gets them all the time and she was standing in a concert and all of a sudden the confetti started coming from the sky and she had this thought in her head about eating some of the confetti and she said she just opened her mouth and ate some He said, my intrusive thoughts won. The truth is we all struggle. We all struggle with intrusive thoughts. We all struggle with pain and and, and heartache. (laughs) Joy doesn't mean that we're free from that, but joy is our source of perseverance, our foundation of perspective when those things, when we're walking through those seasons, it's where we run. We run to the Savior. We run to the good news. We run to the promises of God. We're reminded at Christmas, if we just focus on the material things, yes, we will get overwhelmed and it will, there's a sense of heaviness in it because we know that not everyone experiences the same things but if we will think about the gift that is Christmas of God sending Jesus that's where we find our joy Karl Barth wrote joy is the simplest form of gratitude see when I when I have joy that means I believe what God has said about the gospel I believe what God has said about his love for me and I've not rejected it when I miss out on joy, it's because I I am rejecting the truth of God's word. 
Joy is not just a mindset. It's not something you can walk out of here and go, you know what, I'm going to be more joyful. No, it's a fruit of the Spirit. We see in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy is right there, peace. It is a gift of God. It's pressing into Him. It's pressing into what we know. It's pressing into His promises. This morning, it was interesting, um, I usually get up early on Sunday morning and I'll go through the message and spend some time in prayer and I had my coffee and I walked over to the window and I like to stand there sometimes and just pray because in our neighborhood, our building's kind of tall, but then it's like a valley here in the Upper West Side, you know, not a whole lot of really huge buildings. And so I was praying and I was praying just about things as I looked around the neighborhood and some of the difficulties and I started to get a little overwhelmed and then I it was almost like God tapped me on the shoulder and I looked up and I was thinking, that's it. That's what joy is. Joy is not an absence of this. It is in the middle of that, God is whispering to me, I've got you. I'm on my throne. And I just felt a peace that, that I understood all of the struggles that I was praying about and thinking about. All of a sudden, God gave me perspective. He's like, I'm still on my throne. I still have you. My promises are still true. Look to me. Sometimes get your eyes off of the things that you're going through, your circumstances. Get them on the promises of God, on Him. Joy is at the center of the gospel. Hebrews 12, 2, there's an interesting passage of Scripture there. It says this, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. The joy that was set before Jesus as he endured the cross. What joy? The joy that you and I would be reconciled to the Father. He saw the plan. He knew what was coming. He knew his mission. He knew that you and I are separated, hopeless on our own in this world of this fallen world of struggle and difficulty. He knew that he was accomplishing joy, hope peace for you and for me. And so the angel was announcing to those shepherds and to the world and to you and I this morning that this is taking place. The wait is over. The rescue is here. Unfortunately, some are still waiting for rescue. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, this, this movie, Waiting for Superman. So many so many are still waiting to be rescued. They need to know that the war has been won. Listen, in the depths of your struggles, the depths, every frustration that you deal with, every heartache that you deal with, every moment of depression that you deal with, Jesus has conquered. That is a result of us being out of step with the Father, right? And so now we live in a fallen world and we all experience those frustrations and those struggles. Jesus is saying, look to me. Jesus says, fix your eyes on me. Yes, you're going to go through heartache. Yes, you're going to go through struggle. But fix your eyes on me for real joy. It's not on the things of the world. And at Christmas, it's not as beautiful as this, this house is and this, these lights. It's not in all of those things. Ruby and I watched uh, The Grinch last night. Lulu Who says, you can't hurt Christmas, Mr. Mayor, because it's not about the gifts or the contest or the fancy lights. Amen, Lulu. It's not about those things. It's this calm inner assurance and confidence that I am held. It's the good news that Jesus has come, a Savior has come. And finally, it's for all people. 
It's good news of great joy for all people. The angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Why is the angel's declaration of Bethlehem as the city of David so important? Why is that included here? Because you would have thought, if you were around at that time, you, you thought of the city of David, you thought of Jerusalem. Because that's where his sons were born. That's where the center of power and religion, the temple. They look for the Messiah. They look there. And a good Jew knew that the Messiah was coming through the line of David. In Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6, it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called, The Lord is our righteousness. So the city of David is declaring this is where the Messiah is coming. Well, why Bethlehem? Well, David was born in Bethlehem, but it was a humble city. And another prof um, a prophecy in Micah, Micah in the Old Testament, chapter 5, verse 7, says this, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, for you shall come forth for me, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old and ancient from ancient days. Now stay with me for a minute. This is important. Have you ever considered why the angel didn't show up at the temple? There were plenty of powerful Jewish leaders, right? He didn't show up in Jerusalem or in the temple. He didn't show up to the scribes and Pharisees, but to the shepherds, these, some of the lowest people on the social ladder. This was a, this was a culture of honor and shame, right? And Jesus talked about that all the time. You weren't to be seen with certain people. You weren't to interact with other people. Jesus addressed this in parables, talking about the honored seat at the party, at the table. His interaction with the woman at the well, talking about reputation, social status, family lineage. The religious in Jerusalem at that time were all about royal robes and places of honor, Right? These shepherds were at the bottom of the pecking order. This lowly girl, Mary, a cattle stall, a feeding trough, Bethlehem. Listen, the point is this. God broke through time and space and came to this earth and didn't show up for the religious. He didn't show up for those who had earned it or felt like they deserved it. He showed up for the least of these, for all of us. He broke through all the separations, all the shame. He ate with sinners. He sat with adulterers. He touched the lame and the lepers. He went where there was no joy, the pool of Bethesda. He sat with tax collectors. Everywhere he went, he went and brought joy. Not money, not position, not prosperity according to the world. Jesus came to bring great joy and he came to bring it to all people. I told the story this last, uh, this last week at our Christmas party about how I grew up in a, in a, in a pastor's family and we, were, we didn't have much. We didn't have a whole lot of things, but we had, I knew joy, I knew love because I knew that Jesus loved me. I grew up hearing the, the stories of Jesus. I grew up singing about his love for me and I was confident 
I might show up to school in my brother's clothes for the third time that week. I may not know where dinner's coming from, but I walked with a confidence. I had a confidence about me. Why? Not because my parents were perfect, because they were not. Not because I knew one day we would get stuff. No, it's because I knew that I was held by God Almighty. He loved me. He saw me as his son. And I put my faith in that. You know, the gospel is exclusive, yes. That's one of the things that the world comes at us with. Why is it so exclusive? Here's the exclusivity of it. This angel talks about it. Good news of great joy for a few. No, for all people. Who does it exclude? It excludes those who reject the gift, reject the joy, who say, no thanks, God. No thanks for your gift. I've been getting a hard time lately from my family because I don't know if it's just getting older or what, but on Christmas morning, we sit around. I started doing something almost subconsciously. As I opened the gifts, I just would kind of make two piles. One pile was the stuff I planned on keeping, and the other pile was the stuff of the take-backs. But I didn't wait. Like I might have used to like take it all in my room afterwards and be like, oh, yeah, I'm not wearing that, no way. Now I just do it right now. Oh, yeah, not even close. Uh, do you have a receipt for that? <laughs> and I didn't realize that could be hurtful. <laughs> Somebody gave you a gift and you said, yeah, nice try. No, thanks. Um, but that's what we do with God Almighty. That's what so many are doing with the gift at Christmas. That's the exclusivity with the gospel. We must receive it. We mustn't turn our back on it. The demonstration of God's love, the sacrifice on the cross, payment for our sins. He gives, he gives, he gives. He just calls us to receive, put our faith by faith, receive. It means I say I cannot save myself. Christian, this is for us every day. We receive the gospel as a, I don't, I'm not going to hell. I am reconciled with God. I have peace. The war is over. Yes, thank you so much, God. Let me put that over here and let me live life. No, that's where our joy gets sapped out. That's where we, 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 where we lose it. We've been called to receive it and walk in it. Walk in that relationship. We were bought with a price for a purpose and that's a relationship. God has been teaching me this last year as I reflect on it. He's taught me this one phrase keeps coming back to me and that is success is obedience. Period. Period. It's not the results. It's obedience. And so what I'm called and what you're called to do is to seek what obedience is. Seek what God is saying. Lord, what are you saying to me? Guide me. Lead me. Remind me of your promises. Remind me of your word. Seek after him. Not the things of the world. Not even the things I can do for God in the world. But seek after him. Pursue him because he is pursuing you. He has pursued all of us or we'd have no hope at all. Christmas is joy because Christmas is Jesus, God drawing near to us. You know, Jesus was stalked all the time by the religious because of he claimed to be God and these claims that he made, and yet he, was so, he had such a lowly state. They, they said, no way. There's no way that this is God in his lowly state. And sin has caused that. Sin has caused our pride. Sin has caused these divisions. 
He came for all people. That's good news today. God has come close. He's broken down the wall of separation. He just calls us to receive the gift. Listen, the world needs to see that. The world that you live in, when we leave this place, I don't have contact with the people you have contact with and you don't have contact with the people I have contact with. God has placed us in some circles of influence. And in those circles, there are people who are lost and broken, who have no real joy, who are seeking joy, are seeking hope in the temporary things of the world. And in the end, it will not satisfy. I love this little chorus they go into at the end of this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Listen, ultimately, the good news, the great joy for all people is ultimately for God's glory. And that in and of itself is good news. Praise God that we have a God who is glorified in the salvation of rebels. That's the love that he has. That is the kind of God that he is. It's for his glory, but his glory means good for you. It means good for me because this is all his. You you are his idea. This universe is his. This story is his. His idea. He is love and therefore we can have peace and joy as it flows from his glory. Listen, that's obedience in life is making sure that my life brings glory to God. And I'm living in such a way that honors him and brings glory to him. Then my joy is full. And what gives heaven joy? Well, Jesus talked about it in John chapter 15 verse 7. He says this. I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Think about that. When a sinner repents, heaven's having a party. (laughs) There's joy. That is the good news this morning. What gives God joy, what magnifies his joy, is your salvation, is your rescue your deliverance. Walk in that. Trust in that. As we go throughout this Christmas season, shine that in the lives of the people around you. Let them see a difference. This is a great time to see a difference. I know there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of Christians who go, oh, Christmas, it's overblown. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to point to the Savior. This past week, Tony and I found out that uh, a guy that went to school with us, Tony knew, I didn't really know him, but passed away recently. Just had a heart attack. Our age. That feels weird. Something about that feels weird. You know, you start to get to that season of life when people that you went to school with and all of a sudden people start dying and, you know, you start to be reminded life's not forever. Forever. Guess what? That's coming for you and for me as well. One day we will step out of this world. Could be any day. Will that be a day of joy for you? We need not fear that day. Well, this week, as I thought about that, I have to admit some of those intrusive thoughts started to try and get in. And I kept pressing back into my faith, kept pressing back into God. I, I know that your word is true. I know that, that there's a place prepared for us, for those that trust in you. It's God's desire that you and I have joy in this life 
as we walk through this life, but also rejoice in the hope of the glory of God that one day we will see him face to face. We will be reconciled with him and we need not fear that day. I pray that that day for you will be a day of great joy. Listen, as I close, the, the world looks bleak right now. Times are tough. There's brokenness. There's war. There's suffering. There's hatred and violence. But the message this morning for you and for me is the same message that God delivered through that angel on that hillside. There's good news of great joy. That's for all people. A Savior has come. A Deliverer has come. And He's Christ the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you for that encouragement this morning. Lord, that <clears throat> there's good news. Lord, the proclamation of the angel on that hillside is the proclamation to the shepherds. It's the proclamation to us this morning that we need not fear. We need not fear death. We need not fear life. We not, need not fear the struggles and the pain and yes, even the suffering that we will go through. We need not fear those things because we can have ultimate joy knowing that the ultimate war has been won and we have peace. We can have peace with God. This life is but a blink of an eye and we will stand before you one day and you will say, well done, good and faithful servant or depart from me, I never knew you. Lord God, today at Christmas, as we look to the birth of our Savior, if we, as we remember the gift that is our Deliverer, Lord God, may each one of us, may each one of us have that settled this morning, this very day, that the war is over because we put our faith in your demonstration of love for us and the Savior in Christ who has come. And may we as believers, as Christians who have have come to that place. We put our faith in you. Lord God, forgive us. May we dust the joy off of the shelf that we've placed it on as we deal with our everyday circumstances and struggles. God, may we walk in that joy. May we carry it with us through the struggle. Today, whatever we're dealing with, may it all be in light of the good news that we are right with you and you are working in and through us into a dark and broken world around us. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen.